that we are Christ's uh, ambassadors and that he makes this plea through us to be able to express his word unto others, unto other Christians, uh, unto those who are non-Christians, of being able to implore this great news that God has given to us. And so we think about that tonight, too. How am I Christ's ambassador? What does that look like in my life? So over the past uh, quite a few weeks now, if you've been with us, we've been going through this series in the book of Exodus. And it's been a, a wonderful series because it takes us from this journey of seeing the people of Israel receive this, this freedom. And it really gives us this parallel account of what you and I are promised in the name of Christ. That we too are promised to be able to be freed from the slavery of sin and brought into this promised land. Now, as we have seen this go, we've had that, that theme of let my people go. We've been kind of sticking with that everywhere. Let my people go. It's said basically seven times within the book of Exodus, that famous phrase that Moses says over and over again unto Pharaoh so that the people actually can escape. So today I want us to, to move forward a little bit. You know why we're here today, right? What Sunday is today? Palm Sunday. Who's got their palms? Anybody still got them? Here we go. All right. Somebody already shaped a cross out of one. I love it. Palm Sunday. That's what we're here. So let's, let's move forward today. Remember the people in, in the book of Exodus. Uh, they want uh, this, this individual to be able to give them freedom, to remove them from slavery. When we look at this story today of Palm Sunday, we see a very similar atmosphere in some ways. We see a group of people, the Jewish people, that want some type of of freedom. They don't want to be uh, oppressed by the Romans. They want to be liberated. They want to be lifted up for exactly who they are. And this is kind of the framework for our story of Palm Sunday. So think about this scripture with me. You've probably heard it many times before, probably in our congregation or another congregation. Tonight, the story that we look at begins with Jesus and his disciples just outside of Jerusalem. Jesus gives two of his disciples a very interesting task to be able to go ahead and to be able to find a donkey to bring it back to him. And he says to his disciples, if anybody asks of you, what, is, what are you doing? Why are you taking my donkey? Tell them that the Lord needs it, and they will let you go ahead and bring that back. And so tonight, that's where we pick up for our scripture lesson. Uh, our gospel account is going to come from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 21. We're going to begin at verse 4 tonight. It says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to your daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So as, as many of you know, uh, maybe if you, if you follow basketball or if you don't, ju- this, just this past Monday night, we finally wrapped up the big uh, NCAA tournament, right? It's all done. Anybody's team win, by the way? Anybody have a losing team? A lot of people with losing teams in here. Uh, it, it's a tough competition. Part of it is because the, the stakes are so high. There, there are so many teams. So if you don't follow basketball, or if you do, just a little review. This NCAA tournament starts with a, a group of teams that's first narrowed down to about 64 teams. And from there, they keep playing each other until there's 32, until there's 16, until there's 8, until there's that final four, and then we have that final competition to see who the, the winner is. 
Now, is there anybody in here, and this is okay to admit in church tonight, is there anybody in here who filled out a, a bracket? Anybody fill out a bracket? Oh, I, Pastor Allen's hand was the first one up. So that, that gives you everybody freedom to fill out. No, seriously, how many people filled out a bracket? Let's see the hands. All right, we had quite a few brackets that got filled out in here. Uh, how did you guys do, by the way? A lot of thumbs down. Oh, one thumbs up from Hillary. You did that good. Uh, they're tough. It's tough to be able to get uh, these brackets filled out because it's so easy for one team to unseat another and completely mess up your entire bracket. So uh, the bracket is something that's very interesting, very hard to do. By the way, nobody has ever filled out a perfect bracket. It's never happened. And to tell you the truth, uh, it probably never will happen because the odds are, are not good. The odds are not great about filling out a perfect bracket. In fact, the odds are 1 in 772 billion. 1 in 772 billion of being able to fill out a, a perfect bracket. And so that's what that number looks like. It's a big number. It's, it's tough to be able to accomplish that. Why am I talking about this? So that text that we started with tonight for the gospel lesson talks about uh, not a prediction that is made, but it talks about a prophecy that is made, a prophecy that is given to you and I, that Jesus, or the king, we are told, will come riding into town on this donkey. So now I want us to think about uh, that same concept of a bracket, but in uh, terms of Jesus and his prophecies. There's a lot of prophecies that are within Scripture that we see Jesus fulfill. To keep it simple tonight, uh, I want to narrow it down to the first uh, eight major prophecies that we would be able to focus on for Christ. Eight major prophecies that he fulfills. In fact, uh, if you take the odds of any person who has ever lived today or any time within our history's past, of them being able to fulfill eight prophecies in their lifetime, the odds are 1 in 10 to the 28th power. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have words for these numbers, so we just put them 10 to the 28th power. The number 1 with 28 zeros behind it. And so now you look at this number, and uh, it takes that 1 in 772 billion, and it kind of makes that number actually look small. It makes it look minuscule. But the best part about this when we look at this bracket of Christ's prophecies, is that uh, he doesn't fulfill eight prophecies. By uh, a lot of different breakdowns, he fill, fulfills over 300. Many people would say 354 prophecies that are fulfilled in Christ. We don't have enough uh, screen space or wall space or probably worldly space to be able to show those odds to be able to show exactly what that means. Well, when you break it down, it really only means one thing, that Christ truly is the Son of God, that Christ truly is this Messiah that the people have been waiting for, that Christ truly is the King that you and I are able to celebrate together today. Who is this Jesus in our life? How does he fulfill all of these different prophecies. This is the one that is entering Jerusalem with us today. What happens next? Let's look at our gospel text. 
from Matthew chapter 21, verses 6 through 9. It says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. That's the concept we get for Palm Sunday. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. What a great uh, celebration that they're having. I've never been to uh, a March Madness game. I've seen them on TV before. And it's interesting when people enter into the arena, especially the players, right? Uh, When they come in, they don't do so in just kind of a, a mopey manner. Uh, they don't come in just casually, kind of just waving to a couple people. They come in with energy, right? They come in uh, excited. Uh, they come in to being ready to, to play. And everybody else that's there with them is excited about that night too. Uh, the band is maybe striking up their theme's uh, fight song for their, their school. Uh, maybe there's, there's cheerleaders that are there that are lifting their pom-poms in celebration uh, sometimes you'll see balloons or you'll see confetti or you'll see streamers, all these different things because there's this huge celebration that is occurring. Everybody is so excited. Uh, this is that concept of what is happening on this Palm Sunday. Sometimes maybe we see pictures of Jesus coming into this town and it can look uh, maybe a little still or it can maybe look uh, a little little serious. But the people are, are truly excited. Remember, they're, they're shouting tonight. They're shouting those hosannas because they are so excited for this king that is coming into town. For three years now, Jesus has been building up to this point. He's been doing those miracles. Do you know those? Uh, He's been healing the blind. He's been healing the, the lame. He's raising people from the dead. This is the person that is coming into town today. The one who has promised to build and to give over this kingdom of God to make these people a part of that. I wish somehow uh, we could all be transported to Jerusalem tonight to be able to walk these steps with our Lord, to be able to receive that as as part of the the crowd. Winding on that road from the the Mount of Olives and being able to go past the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, of being able to go through that uh, eastern gate in the city of Jerusalem, uh, it would be a parade that we would never forget. So envision that with me tonight. Envision all those things as your Savior uh, comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. Matthew chapter 21, verses 10 through 11. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I love that the text uh, is recorded in saying the whole city, right? It's not a few that are gathered there today or or most of the people. It's it's the whole city that has come out for this spectacular parade. Not just to to be excited, but to see their Lord, to be able to see their Jesus. But along with this excitement is this element of unfamiliarity in some way, right? Did you see the question that the people ask there? Who is this? 
some people don't know who this is, right? Who, who is this that is coming into this town? Who is this that we are cheering for? Well, this is Jesus, the one that you have heard about, the one that has been doing these things over these past few years. They were probably confused when he came in because we remember his transportation, right? Uh, Jesus has chosen this donkey to be able to ride in on as king. The people are looking for a king, maybe looking for somebody who would even be uh, this mighty warlord to be able to, to lift them up, again, to free them from that oppression. And they would expect him to come in on this, on this mighty stallion or to have him come in on a, a chariot of some type, being able to show his stature, being able to show his prowess. But instead, Jesus comes in on this donkey. They thought that he was going to establish this reign in Jerusalem and he was going to solve all these different problems that they have and he has come to solve something, but maybe it's a little different than who they think this person is. And while Jesus does this for the benefit of the people there and from the benefit of you and I, do we really know the reason he is coming? And this brings us to an important question for Palm Sunday that all of us can ask ourselves no matter where we're at in our relationship with Christ. And that question really is, who do we expect Jesus to be? Who is Jesus when he comes riding in here? What if he came riding in tonight? Who do we expect him to be? What do we expect him to do on our behalf? Sometimes do we think that if we follow Jesus, he's going he's gonna to fix everything financially for us. Do we expect that from him? Sometimes do we believe that if we follow Jesus, that he's going to uh, fix everything relationally for us, that we're not going to have any problems in our, in our marriage or with our, our mom and dad or with our, our sons and daughters. Jesus, aren't you going to take those things away? Maybe if we, if we believe in Jesus, if we believe enough, if we have a strong enough faith, maybe we, we hope that he's just going to fix everything in our life so we can kind of get on with things. In Jesus' entrance into our life truly is this major celebration. It is an internal parade that we should have on Palm Sunday. In fact, every Sunday and every day of our lives as we really recall what Christ has come to be able to do for us. But remember, this is a different type of king. This one that comes in on this donkey. One that comes in to be able to, to liberate us and to free us, but not from the problems of our life, but from sin from death, uh, from the devil, so that we may have freedom in him. Now, Jesus never promises any of us that we are going to have this total release from suffering here on earth, but he does promise us peace. He does promise us forgiveness. And in fact, this is why Jesus comes riding in on Palm Sunday, not to be lifted up by all of these people in this parade, but to be lifted up for these people on a cross in which he will ultimately give his life for all of them, for all of the people in the, the book of Exodus, and for all of us that are gathered here tonight, the ambassadors that know this message and are challenged to be able to share this great word with our family, with our friends, with all those that we come in contact with. And so we are a people that also gather and shout Hosanna tonight. That we come together with this energy knowing that God will save us. That God will deliver us. 
and we shout that prayer over and over again. Jesus, save us. Jesus delivers us. I don't know uh, exactly where you're at in your, your life today. With the relationship you have with Christ, maybe some of us know him like we know the, the president. I can tell you the president's name, but I don't, I don't know him. I don't have this relationship with him. I can tell you who he is. He's, he's the leader of our country, right? I can tell you who Jesus is. He is our, our savior, our Messiah, right? Do I really have a relationship with him or do I know him by name only? Maybe you're struggling with something tonight. Problems that maybe you and I share. Maybe problems that we have that are different. Maybe it's something that is a financial burden that you've dug a hole in your life. Maybe it is a, a, a relational problem between you and your spouse or with a friend or with a coworker. Maybe it's something else, a, a health situation that you <clears throat> or somebody close to you is struggling with. We take all those things tonight and we give them unto our Lord because he calls us to be able to do that. That he promises us to be able to ride in and to be able to consume these things for us. Again, not to make our lives perfect, not to be able to take all of our problems away, but to be able to give us freedom from sin. With that, we remember those words and that promise that God has given to us, the privilege of being his ambassadors and his forgiven people, those who shout Hosanna tonight. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be here uh, with you in this moment, to be able to hear from these uh, words within uh, you, to be able to be, be your delivered people. Uh, Lord, make us excited to be able to, to sing about these things, not only here on Sunday, uh, to be able to hear about them and speak about them, not only when we gather for worship around other Christians, but in everything that we do in our life. Uh, Lord, answer that question for us and with us. Who is this, uh, this Jesus that is in our lives? Uh, strengthen us by your Holy Spirit to grow that relationship in our hearts, that we may be on fire for you and wanting to celebrate in all of these things. Lord, continue to strengthen us as your people, uh, as your chosen individuals with that mission of leading people to follow Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.